Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Acts chapter 8, we're going to start at verse 26. Praise God. The angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, go toward the south, unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. (laughs) Oh, oh, desert, desert. He arose and he went. Behold, a man of where? Ethiopia. Eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians. Had had, uh, charge of all her treasure. It's pretty amazing. Had come to Jerusalem to worship. Proselyte. He had been turned to it was returning, sitting in his chariot. He was reading Isaiah the prophet. Verse 29. Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near, join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran. Everybody say, Philip ran. Philip ran. He heard him reading the prophet Isaiah. He said, understandest thou what thou readest? He said, how can I? Except some man should guide me. He desired that Philip would come and sit with him. The place of the scripture where he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And like a lamb, dumb before her shearers, so opened he not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away. And who shall declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom speaketh the prophet this? Himself or of another man? Philip opened his mouth and begat, Began at the same time, the same scripture, preached unto him, Jesus. You know, you never go wrong just preaching Jesus. Verse 36 through 40, and then we'll be done here. As they went on their way, they came unto a certain water. The eunuch said, hey, here's water. What would hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if... If you really believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered, he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He commanded the chariot, stand still. Put the emergency brake. 
They went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, and the eunuch saw him no more. He went on his way rejoicing. Everyone say rejoicing. But Philip was found at Azotus, passing through. He preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. He didn't need the preacher to stay. He just needed him to show up. Man, I'm going to preach today about the beauty of baptism. I, I really, this is recognized as Pentecost Sunday. Somebody said, what are we doing for Pentecost Sunday? I said, every Sunday is Pentecost Sunday, as far as I'm concerned. In the universal church, they will... They will in many places, symbolically, they will drop rose leaves. There's been a custom to drop rose leaves from the ceiling to appear as the cloven tongues like as fire. And there are, there are churches where they will cut down fresh cut greenery and they will bring it in the representation of new birth. But I don't want just a representation of what Pentecost was. I want what Pentecost is. And I'll tell you what it is. It's real. It's real. I know. I said I know it's real. Pray with me, Lord Jesus, if there's anything in my mind or heart that would keep me from receiving the word, I pray you'd forgive me and take it away. If there's anything that would keep me from focus on your word, I pray that you would eliminate that distraction and help me to focus on your word. I pray you'd speak to every man, woman, every individual that's gathered, whether they be a longtime member or a first-time guest. Let your word do what only your word can do in the mighty name of Jesus Christ and let everybody say amen. amen amen you may be seated find somebody maybe you haven't talked to yet look around a little bit tell them I guess it's baptism time I love the humanity of this particular story I love it um, I love it in the fact that it shows supernatural and natural working together. Very much so. Aren't we glad that Philip was in tune enough to hear God speak to him? That he could feel prompted. It's important. How many in here besides yourself, you have a story about water baptism that is just, it's pretty amazing. You saw someone baptized, something amazing happened. You, you witnessed it, you were there. I think we baptized seven last Sunday. Every one of those would be a powerful story, Brother Sleva, to themselves. But even witnessing and watching. I was in a service one time, okay? I'm not, I'm not looking for participation from the crowd. It wouldn't work quite this way in our, in our sanctuary, but I was preaching in this church and the, and the baptismal was right behind me and I, I got to preaching about baptism and I mean I was really giving it everything I had. I was, I was quoting the Gospels. I was quoting the book of Acts. I was working my way through and while I was, I was preaching, you know, Brother Henderson, I'm always, like any preacher, hoping for a response, hoping that there's fruit for labor, something is going to happen and while I'm preaching, this little old lady, it was just Two, two little sections. It was this uh, uh, 
smaller church and maybe a hundred people in the building and, and uh, while I was preaching this little old lady from down uh, center right she jumped up and she let one of those like screams <laughs> some of you know what I'm talking about she let one of those screams that everybody knew she was there she went Ooh! she was like the little train that could you heard it and it kind of built and it got louder and louder but about that time she took off running. I didn't know what she was doing. Thought maybe she's going to run aisles. I'm very accustomed to that. Growing up in the Pentecostal church, demonstrative worship. It's not abnormal. But she ran right past me. And right up into the baptismal. I thought, what is going on? Because God forbid that my message be interrupted by demonstration. She ran up there to that baptismal. Didn't change into a choir robe. <laughs> I didn't know what she was doing. But about the time she came walking down into the steps, that little country church went crazy. Not like, oh, bless her Lord. No. Not awkward like, hmm. Get the ushers. Get the ushers. No. None of that. Nobody in the sniper spot. No, 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 no. That church went bonkers. Pastor just whipped around the corner there where I was preaching and he whipped around and he went up into the baptismal which was right behind the, the, the podium and he, he just climbed down into the water with her and, 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 and he had his little waders on there in that church and he put her down and I'm telling you when he put her down in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins she came up out of that water like she had hit 220. And church went crazy there was no need for preaching any longer she had exampled the power of it and later you know more people came and were baptized we had an incredible altar call service went just from there there was nothing else to preach nothing to say I got to be honest I kind of like those kind of services <laughs> We went to lunch that day, and I said, I said, I got to be honest, I was a little thrown. I mean, I just tried to go with it, but I was a little thrown. I said, until I saw the response of the church. What's the story there? He said, oh, Brother Carson, she's been coming to church for years. She was filled with the Holy Ghost, but she has battled unreal fear of water since she was a child. Since she was a child, she has had such a terrifying fear of water. And she has told us she wants to be saved. She knows she needs to be baptized. She sees it in Scripture. But she has already recognized, unless the Lord does it, it's never going to happen. And, and you're thinking what I'm thinking. Well, how did she get clean? What did she do? How did, but she, she had her own regiment. She had her process. She was, she was a decent, well-put-together woman. It didn't look like she didn't... She, she, was a she was somewhat of a classy lady it's not like but she was terrified of the water 
He said when she jumped up, everybody in the church knew she's heard from God. <laughs> now I'm going to say something right now. I am going to do my best to talk to you what I feel inspired to talk to you about, but I am not going to speak to you based on my opinion today. I'm going to preach to you the Word of God. The Word of God. If you've never been baptized, you should not just be baptized because I said so or because your family said so. But you do need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins because the Word of God says so. Now, I got to tell you, I was baptized over 30 years ago. But if I close my eyes, I can still feel it. I can still feel what it was like to wade down into the water and to feel... I had been taught, I had been shown in Scripture, when you're baptized, you're not just buried for the ceremony or for the ritual, but you're baptized because it is the will of God. And it is for the remission the remission. Some scholars have tried to argue that the remission takes place before. But no, 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 it does not read that way. And according to the Greek, it seems very clear that when you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, it's for the remission of sins. We preached last week about the power of repentance, and we thank God for repentance. But I don't just want the sins hanging around, Brother Marshall. I don't want to carry him around in a suitcase. What are you doing? Well, I asked him to forgive me, but I like to keep him close. That's why I always worry about people that say that they have been redeemed but have too much fun talking about who they used to be. That's a good word right there. Well, in the good old days, man, I used to. Those weren't the good old days. If you used to get so slobber and drunk that you made a fool of yourself every time... Those weren't the good old days. Those weren't the good old days if you drank until you hit your kids. Those weren't the good old days. Those weren't the good old days if you used to get so high you couldn't even function. Those weren't the good old days. There's been nothing like since I repented of my sins and since I was buried in baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, what did Paul say in Romans? We are buried with him in baptism. The guy I used to be went down in the water. How many, how many remember that old song, Water Grave? Anybody remember that? You talk about a terrifying song for visitors. Wave at me if you remember that old song, Water Grave. Some of you remember after I start talking. Bring a visitor to that service. I'm going down to the river. Okay, okay, which river? Okay, I'm going to, and then the next line, I'm going to be buried alive. <laughs> and all the Pentecostals were, oh, 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 yes. <laughs> the man I used to be has finally died. Got ladies just singing it, just glorious. Just. <laughs> but we understand it in context, in the context of Scripture. It means who I was, who I've been. I need the process 
of baptism. I need it. Not for ceremony, not for ritual, but because of what it represents. Okay? There had been a forerunner. Allow me, I'll get back to the text in a moment. There had been a forerunner named John, John the Baptist, who comes on the scene, and he is, in fact, the forerunner of Christ. I have preached, and I will preach again. I am, I am fascinated with the descriptive sense of who John was and what he looked like and what he ate and what he wore. And, 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 and I, I, I am I'm fascinated with his role and his responsibility. It was overwhelming. John was preaching against sin before they had a Messiah to cling to. He begins baptizing unto repentance. He is gathering people. I think John was a powerful preacher. Personally, I think John was a powerful preacher. He was not before his time. He was not after his time. He was on time. He'd stand up in the wilderness or in, um, I mean, he didn't be in places where the Pharisees would gather around. He's calling Pharisees all kinds of names. John was bold. John was borderline crazy. But he was on a mission from God. We know the story that when Christ comes to John, his cousin, he comes to John. And, and he asks him to baptize. John, you've got to baptize me. I can't baptize you. I've, I've declared that you're the one coming after me who is mightier than I, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to stoop down and unloose. Yet Christ looks at John and says, you've got to baptize me. Why? That all righteousness would be fulfilled. It's got... There is a dependence in the model. Hebrews lets us know we recognize emphatically through his life and lifestyle that Christ was without sin. And Hebrews affirms it that he was without sin. Yet the model was necessary. Now the mode, the model of baptism would change in some sense after the life the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But the model was established from Jesus and John that Jesus was buried for the sense of what? Immersion. Complete immersion buried there by him in baptism. And so we, we recognize that as a result of this, Jesus is establishing this mode, this, this opportunity for others to see. And how do we even see full affirmation of Christ? At his Baptism, the Bible says, and the heaven opened, and the Spirit, like a dove, descending upon him, speaking, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. It was all in an affirmation, in application of the Word. Jesus has his discussion with the disciples. It's in Matthew chapter 28 and verse 19, one of the greatest all-time scriptures that we are to what? To teach. That we have to baptize every nation in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Let's do a little Bible study. Open your Bible to Matthew chapter 28. Just real quick. I won't take long. Matthew 28. 
Verse 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And some people see that as thinking those titles were necessary. However, we have no early church instruction to baptize them any other way than in the name of of Jesus Christ. Matthew 28, 19 is following a verse that is not often quoted in conjunction with it. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. The disciples did not misunderstand what Jesus was saying. This is why when the disciples are going to be tasked with the opportunity to begin baptizing, they are going to begin baptizing correctly, which is in the name of the Lord Jesus. Yes, yes, yes. I love, I have a, a, a I, I look at it in a little bit of humor in Acts chapter 1. We go there as Pentecostals a lot that Jesus has given instruction. He is leaving. We know he's leaving. And what has he told them would happen after that the Holy Ghost would come upon them? Power. So many of you here know that. You know that. We preach that. It's fun to preach. It's one of those reach to scriptures. We receive power. But we've only got a couple of verses. Brother Massengale, he's gone. You're going to receive power after that. The Holy Ghost is, is come upon you. You're going to be witnesses. Man, it's going to be great. Bye. <laughs> the Bible says that when the angels appear to them, It takes an angelic visitation. Why are you standing here gazing? Go do something with the instruction. Right? So they head to Jerusalem. Oh, let's go, let's go, let's go to our, to our, our fascinating text here, Acts chapter 2. They have gathered there in the upper room. The Feast of Pentecost is there. And what happens? I love it. You've heard it preached probably a hundred times. And it's still good preaching to recognize out of all of the time. The Bible says, and suddenly. <laughs> suddenly. What happens? What happens? What they had been praying for comes to pass. I've got to pause and tell you, pray until it happens. I've been praying. Some people have walked away. Stay and pray. They gathered in the room. I don't know how many were there. I don't know what it looked like. I don't know what the emotions were. But I do know that some of them stayed and they just kept praying. Some of them stayed and they just kept praying. Some of them stayed and they just kept praying. Mm -hmm. Few people that I have met have been able to tell me, 
first time I prayed, it happened. If every time you pray, you get it on the first time, I want you to set up a meeting with me. Going to put you on the team. Give you a little sign that calls you the one-stop shop. For most of us in here, we know what it means to groan and travail and pray and peek and pray and nothing. Let me ask you a question. Anybody in here ever prayed a real powerful, like real powerful, like you were powerful and nothing happened? Raise your hand if you know. You've ever been there. You prayed for it. They just prayed. And they prayed. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, I've got to be honest. If you've never prayed until you've hit suddenly, it's worth the wait. It is worth the wait. I'm telling you, it's worth the wait when you've got to say, I did everything I knew how to do. I gave everything I knew how to give. I paid everything I knew how to pay. I I walked faithful when I didn't. But then all of a sudden, God, when you've got to square your shoulders and testify and say it couldn't have been anything but the Lord. There, there's no way that it could have been anything but God. I didn't plan on stopping here, but I'm going to stop here for a minute and tell somebody I'm trying to encourage you to keep praying until your suddenly shows up. Keep praying until your suddenly shows up. It won't feel like sudden. Listen. Here's what we've got to do. We've got to stop putting God into the context of our English language. We've got to stop that. God's timetable is not our timetable. Time doesn't mean anything to God. So we've got to let him do it. When Pentecost was fully come was for them. When Pentecost was fully come was for their purpose. God could have moved any time. God could have moved at any moment. But there was a moment. There was a moment for God to move. Man, I'm talking to somebody right now. You are almost to your moment. You're just easing up on your moment. And the enemy would love for you to be on the edge of your moment and go ahead and leave the upper room one hour too soon, one day too soon, one week too early. But I feel like telling you, 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 you're, you're on the edge of the moment. I wish I could get a witness in the building. Your family's right on the edge of suddenly. Your house... Your house is right on the edge of suddenly. On the edge, on the edge, on the edge. Right on the moment. Come on, I know I need to have somebody that'll really believe this with me right now. That I'm believing we're almost there. I'm going to keep praying no matter what. I'm going to keep preparing no matter what. I'm going to get everybody, get in the accord. We're in one place, but get in one accord. Get in one. Woo! And shut it.
suddenly. I'm going to tell you, when suddenly happens, you won't have to convince anybody. Everybody will know. When suddenly happened, everybody knew it. Because it, it came on them. Cloven tongues like as of. Not fire, like as of. Like as of fire. Lest you try to replicate with human ability what only the Spirit can produce. Like as. God is into that. God is into comparables. Holy Spirit, like a dove, descended upon him. Mm, how far can I? I'm going to go. I'm going to go with it. Like as. In the place where it is representation of. Mm. That's where I am meant to be like as Christ. I cannot be Christ, but I'm meant to be like him. I'm meant to walk like him. I'm meant to try to talk like him. That's why the church is not just another social gathering. We are, in fact, the body of Christ. We are the men and the women of God. It's why, listen, it's why post the Holy Ghost, we don't act like we did pre the Holy Ghost. Once we're filled with the Spirit, we act like like we're filled with the Spirit. I walk different. I talk different. I worship different. I live different. I give different. Everything about me. Don't. Before the Holy Ghost, I was a wreck. But after the Holy Ghost, I know you're going to have bad days, but after you get your suddenly, after you get the Holy Ghost, you are different. You are not God, but you are filled. Either we believe it or we don't. I'm not a God, but I have the God inside of me. And people will look at you and think, that's why I think the packaging matters. I do. I think it matters that when the Holy Ghost gets you, he helps free some addictions and deliver you from some heartache. And some... He will. He will take care of some things. He'll put purity in you. They were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were. Like as a fire set upon each of them. They, they begin to Speak with tongues. Somebody said, doesn't everybody speak with their tongue? Let's flesh this out. They begin to speak languages they had not been taught. They did. Languages they never cursed in. Languages they never told their wife, well. Filled with the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that they were dwelling there Devout men out of every nation. And the Holy Ghost got so good in the building that it spilled into the street. I want to have good church in here, but not at the expense of good church out there. When you're having real good church, buildings cannot contain it. Can I de I'm gonna debunk something. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna debunk something right now. I've heard so much reverence given to the op upper room. Thank God. I'm not disparaging. 
I'm not taking away from that. The upper room. But I need to tell you something. God was not dependent on the upper room. God could have, God could have filled them in the plaza. God could have taken them all to Mary's house. He just needed them to get in one place, in one accord, and seek him. He could have written it in differently. But he gave them a place. But there are people who have fallen in love with worshiping the upper room. It was so good they had to leave. They got the Holy Ghost so good that they had to go. They come spilling out into the streets, speaking in other languages. Listen, they, they got the Holy Ghost so good that people accused them of being drunk. I've been to that camp meeting. How many of y'all been there? Remember, some of all, we got those conference meetings, we got those camp meetings, where you're taking somebody out and they're like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> My question to myself and maybe to the whole church today is, when's the last time you got it so good someone could accuse you? When's the last time I let the Holy Ghost take over me in such a profound way that English felt foreign to me? They're drunk, Peter said. They're not drunk like you think. Seeing it is but the... It's, 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 it's way too early. It's the third hour. It's not. It's just, it's, just, it's just way too early. How many thanks they prayed all night? Some people are like, I don't, should we, I don't know. Do, is this a quiz? Teachers are coming down with. They're not drunk like you think. What's he tell them? This is that. <laughs> Spoken by the prophet Joel. I feel like a little singing spirit on me today. I don't know what that is. I, I feel it though a little bit. I, Peter is preaching to them. I love preaching to church people. But if everybody in the church looks like they've been in the church for 50 years, there's a problem. I've always said if everybody in the church is saved, some of them aren't. You can decipher that. I'll get you a little. Peter starts preaching. He's just working through the crowd. Brother Myers, he's just, he just working through, just preaching, preaching. He, he starts preaching Jesus, isn't that admirable? Until he has the audacity to say, the one you crucified. Hold on, Pete, you were doing good. You were getting the crowd on your side. One you crucified. He is both Lord and Christ. He's not just a prophet. He is your redeemer. And the only way you're ever going to be saved is if you accept him as Savior. You cannot say he was just another prophet and be okay. I mean, there's people all in the crowd, turkey leg in hand. It was 
was the feast of Pentecost. We got full bellies. We got people that are absolutely stuffed and starving at the same time. Because there's a void in you food can't fill. <laughs> there's a void in you that feasting on the things of the world cannot fill. I don't care if you eat and drink until you're stuffed plum full. I mean, they're leaned back burping so full. And he starts preaching Jesus. And the Bible says they were pricked in their heart. I hope that you can enjoy preaching, but it's more important that you are touched by preaching. That your heart feels something. Not that you can walk out and say, oh, didn't brother so-and-so do good? Oh, I didn't pastor. Wasn't that something? No, so that men and women would say, if there's more... And that's what I'm preaching today. Peter had to let them know there's more than what you've known. And for many people in this room, you are good men. You are good women. You have, you have taken some great steps in God. But there are people here who have not heard the full story. And I'm here to do my best to tell you just like Peter told the multitude that day. If you do not know Jesus in the fullness of truth. They were pricked in their heart and they said, what do we have to do? And Peter said unto them, you've got to repent. Imagine preaching, Brother Trano, imagine preaching that in that street crowd. People everywhere. Got drinks in their hand, got turkey legs and don't even know why, but they got tears rolling down their cheeks. I just came for the party. And Peter has recognized you may get full in your belly today, but you're going to be so empty tomorrow. And so I'm going to preach it and I'm going to preach it straight and I'm going to preach it true. And it doesn't matter what anybody thinks or what anybody says. He said you've got to repent and you've got to be baptized. Every one of you. We quote that because we've known it forever. But there were devout men. He looked at devout folks and said, every one of y'all, I know you're used in your church. But you're not there. I know that you have believed in Christ since your personal Savior, since you were just a but you're not there. I know that you've had the customs of the law. I know that you have religious rituals that you do. But every one of you. And because they were touched in their heart, he was able to preach the word. And the word was able to begin to find lodging. Repent. Be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why? For the remission. Listen to this. We don't preach this in context enough. He had just looked at them and told them about the annihilation, the destruction of Christ and turns around and says, but the remission of your sins is one baptism away. For the remission of sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. 
And before anybody in the crowd could murmur, he said, for the promise. I like promises. I like promises. For the promise is unto you and to your children. Let me just keep going. And all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And there is representation from every aspect and every section of this room that would say, I found out that the promise was for me. I found out that the promise was for my house. I found out that... Come on, how many know that this promise is for us? This promise is for our children. This promise is for our co-workers. This promise is for our city. This promise is for our government. This promise is for everyone. Turn to a couple people and tell them it's for everybody. It's for everybody. I don't know if they're dignified enough. You don't get good to get God. And so, I got to tell you, it's a pretty amazing, pretty amazing thing. He preached. And people responded. <laughs> like they, they believed him. One of hell's most subtle and yet powerful attacks has been to destroy faith in the preacher. Yes, it, yes. Verse 40, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourselves from this untoward Generation. How many feel like we could preach that today? You got to turn away from this world. Can I tell you in 2021, I am not embarrassed or ashamed to say, if you choose God, you got to turn away from the world. You... What do you mean, Pastor? I thought you said we had to reach the world. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. So we reach for them while we keep a hold of God. We reach for people. Reaching for people does not mean acting like the world. I'm going to preach it because I feel it. Reaching for people does not mean that I drink to convert. That's, that's a stupido. I give you a little tongue right there. Loco. I don't go sit down in a bar. I don't go lay up in the alley. I don't act like them. If I act like them to get them to be like me, I'm asking them to be like them. That doesn't make any sense. But if I can be the witness to them, that if you turn from this generation, there's life over here. There's joy over here. There's peace over here. You can wake up in the morning and remember what you did last night. You don't have to have scar. Come on over. Turn your back on it. Come away from this generation. 
And that's what he told them. And it was not popular to turn away from this untoward generation. And the Bible says, they gladly. What? What? Imagine going down to the monument circle. Hear ye, hear ye. You got to turn or burn. <laughs> but I'm not about fads and I'm not about gimmicks. I'm going to help somebody right now. I'm not about little gimmicks and little strategies. But I do believe that whether it's in this church or at Monument Circle or on a prayer walk that happened yesterday, and I don't even know if they're here today, but there were people on a prayer walk yesterday that said, we want to be at that church. We'll be there on Sunday. Here's what I do believe. If we can just introduce them to Jesus, if we can just let people know about Jesus, if we can let them know that he's real. I said, if we can let them know he's real. He's still alive. He's still true. I believe people will gladly receive it. They gladly received it. And what happened? What happened? Look there. Your Bible. They gladly received it and they were baptized. The same day there were added 3,000. I grabbed Brother Sleeve and Brother Lopez here at the fall. And I said, we've got to be structured for the kind of revival that God wants to send. I got a question for the church. If he tried to give us 3,000 today, could we handle it? Somebody said, Pastor Carson, we only got parking for 1,000. How many of these, they've heard, how many, how many times have we already talked about this parking dilemma? Strategizing, how we're going to shuttle people in. Been getting, been trying to get permission from lots all around here. I'm trying to strategize right now in the summer. Because I'm expecting the kind of fall this year that people got to write about. That newspaper, uh huh. I'm expect, I'm expecting local media. I had a, I trust what somebody I got a call from a I got a call from a pastor last week. I haven't shared this with anybody. Got a call from a pastor last week who said, I had a dream last night. Said there were there were news outlets and media that were gathering early for your services in the parking lot because they he said it felt like early modern Pentecostal movement to me. He said in my dream it was like Azusa. The guy pastors a thriving church. I'm not even I'm not even that close to him. He said, I wanted it. He said, there's a part of me that would like it to be for my church, but it wasn't. <laughs> he said, but I had a dream. He said, and it was as real as anything I've ever seen or felt. He said, there was news media gathered in the parking lot to report on this Pentecost thing that was happening right there in Calvary Tabernacle. You know what I did? I threw my head back and started talking in tongues and saying, God, I want it. God, I want it. God, I want it. Come on, I want it. And I want to be structured for what he's given. But I can't structure the Holy Ghost. I can't structure good enough. But if he'll send us 3,000, I want them, I want them, I want them. They had 3,000. 
then. Just that, just then. Brother Zach, if we got to baptize 3,000, you got to help. <laughs> Hear what I'm saying? Brother Henderson, your arms are Wouldn't you like to have so many baptisms that we got preachers on a rotation in the same day? Oh, pastor, you're just trying to excite us. You better believe it. I want the world to know. I want them to know that it's real. And when they're baptized, it is the remission. It is the washing. I went down a drug addict, but I came up different. I went down a cheater, but I came up different. I'm... It's the remission of sins. And so, chapter after chapter, two. Let's go to, I'll stop soon, eight. Let's go to eight. I love it. I love it. Eight, Acts 8. Eunuch in the chariot. Riding in the chariot. He has, he has been given in, in himself the power, trusted with treasury. This is an important guy. He's for the queen. He's riding. Philip hears from the Lord to go. So he goes. Isn't that valiant? Preachers, we got to be able to hear from God. I was praying the other day. I was sitting there in prayer, and I was praying one of those old prayers. Like, God, tell me where to turn. Tell me where to go. Tell me where to drive. Tell me. I didn't hear anything. So I just came to the church. And I prayed. But I've been in situations where I felt the Lord. Go here. Show up here. Do this. Remember that old story Brother Mooney used to tell about showing up at the hotel? Anybody remember that? Say the Lord told me. I remember being a Bible college kid saying, Lord. Don't ever direct him like that to me. Don't let me do anything so stupid that he's got to be directed like that to my house. I uh, see Philip hearing from the Lord. This eunuch is in the chariot. And at face value, Brother Hawk, I, I gather great humor from this. Because unless you are directed from the Lord, it seems like an arrogant statement. Do you even understand what you're reading? That's not a great conversation starter. Right? Can you imagine you're sitting at the doctor's lobby and someone's reading a magazine and you looking over and that's your, that's your, that's your conversation starter? Do you even understand what you're reading? You're not going to be friends. You better have heard from God. That's why men and women of God, you better make sure you heard from the Lord before you say the Lord said. Yeah, be careful. 
Mm, I'm not going to stay there. I want to. I'm not going to. We'll keep walking here. And so, do you even understand what you're reading? Brother McFarland, I, you know, if he was a young minister and I was training him, be like, be, be kind. Start, start with a smile. I would have told him, say something like, hey, could I, could I talk with you a little bit about? But Philip's been directed by God, shows up on time, on purpose. Do you even understand? And what was the eunuch's response? How am I supposed to know unless somebody tells me? What? What? Philip, if I would have tried that, I would have got a Ginsu chop. And yet you have been directed by the Lord. How am I supposed to get it unless someone? Ah. Ah. He gets up in the chariot and begins to talk to him. Begins to speak to him and read from the prophet Isaiah. Can I, ladies and gentlemen, this is enough. This is enough. This is enough. Now, we have enough text and enough places that we're sent to everybody, everywhere. But the Lord spoke to him specifically for this leader. He begins to speak to him. And the eunuch says, Hey, there's water. There's water right here. What would keep me from being baptized? And in that moment, Wheels on the chariot squeak to a halt. They go down both Philip and the eunuch into the water because the model of baptism is immersion. If you're here today and you were only ever sprinkled as a child, we thank God for what's happened in your life. But we believe as apostolics in the Acts of the Apostles. We believe not, not in the validation of church history, trying to follow the creeds and the customs of men, but we follow the authority of the Word of God. And we thank, apostolics hear me, we thank God for wherever someone has been so far in the journey. We honor what they've done. But we will not leave you one hour from your suddenly. We will not leave you one step from your suddenly. And so they go together and they're baptized. Or he's baptized. And then Philip is gone. Gone. Wait a minute. Philip, I need you to. I need you to stay and hold my hand. I need you to, to lead me. You know why the Lord could take Philip immediately? He was struggling with a little bit of clarity in the scripture, not understanding. But the Lord was able to immediately take Philip to his next assignment because that guy was interested in reading scripture. I will tell you, it will cut down on neediness 
if you'll spend time in the book. I said it will cut down on neediness to spend time in the book. So Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19. How were they baptized? They were baptized by immersion in the name of the Lord. Somebody said, I don't think the formula really matters. Now, oh, you hear that little holy murmur over the room? It does matter. You know why it matters? Neither is there salvation in any other. Come on, there's there's no other name under heaven given among, among men whereby we must be saved. And there is only one way. Five specific examples there. A sixth if you look into 1 Corinthians. But five specific examples in Acts of the fact that they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Why does it matter what we say when we're baptized? You're not baptized unto someone else. Only one died for your sins. Only one has the power for the remission of sins. When I preach, it is not at the expense. Some have questioned, what does that even mean? Is it at the expense of the Father or at the expense of the Holy Spirit? Or or, or what does that even mean? We recognize that Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. When He spoke, He said to Philip, when you have seen me, You have seen the Father. When he spoke to them in Matthew 28, you hear people say, well, I'd rather take Jesus' word for it. Yeah, but you realize it was a disciple that wrote it. Amen? He wrote it as inspired by the Holy Ghost. And there was no confusion when they went and they began to baptize and so I've come, to the, I've come to the conclusion of my message where I ask this question amongst the audience here today. Who would be so kind as to bear witness to, to the fact that you have found when I was baptized in His name, it was like nothing I ever felt before. It was like nothing... I'm telling you, there's nothing like going down a sinner and coming up without that weight and without that bondage and without all that humility and without all that sin state. There's nothing quite like it. It's the only place that you'll find remission that you come up out of that water. Stand with me. I'm drawing to a close as I tell you these words. Please hear me. That's why it's not the will of God for you to have been baptized and still feel overwhelmed. It's not the will of God for you to have been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and still feel, hear me, and still feel like you got weight on you. I know that depression can come. I know anxiety can hit you. But every now and then you've got to remember, I've had my sins washed. I've had the remission. Because the devil's greatest game is to remind you of who you were. I need you to lift your hands all over the room. I feel compelled for prayer.
let's pray just all over this room right now. Would somebody repent with me right now? God, forgive me. If there's anything in my heart, in my mind, in my life. Come on, not just last week, but this week we say, forgive us. If you're thankful for the process and the plan of baptism in your life, I need about 100 people that just walk down to the altar right now and say, I just, I just got to walk down and give thanks to God for what, 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 it's been a while since I just said, thank you for baptism. Thank you for what baptism means in my life. Just walk down and lift your hands and begin to thank God. Don't even ask Him for anything right now. Just, just begin to walk down and say, thank you, Jesus, for baptism. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Praise God, praise God. Said, oh, pastor, it's been, it's been 30 years since I was baptized. To which I would say, isn't it still great? If you're here today and you have never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, somebody just bear witness to them. They need to make that choice that there is nothing like the power, the power of the name of Jesus Christ. Faith. Faith to repentance. Repentance by that hearing of the word. That hearing of the word. I've got to become a doer. I've got to become a doer of the word. Can't just hear the word. Come on, our study on James. I can't just hear the word. I've got to have, I've got to have action with that. So what is, I've got to have action. And so gladly they received. And it didn't stop there. The Bible says there were added to the church daily. Daily. Oh, thank God. In Acts 10, he shows up at Cornelius' house. Oh, thank God. Thank God that that Gentile had been praying and seeking God. Send me a preacher. Send me a preacher. Some of you are here today. You showed up. You're, you haven't been here maybe even before. You've just started coming. And you're thinking, this church is different, but I've been praying for an answer. And I'm telling you, some of you that are here today, you've been praying for an answer. And you don't realize it, but I'm here to confirm right now, this is what you've been praying for. That we've got to respond. Cornelius had been praying and he shows up and starts preaching. While he's preaching, they're filled with the Holy Ghost. And the Jewish Christians didn't understand it, but can anybody forbid them water? It's not just repentance. It's not just the Holy Ghost. Baptism is necessary. If you repent, if you 
If you try to die out to those sins, then there's burial with Him in baptism. I, I don't know if I've done this. I don't know if I've done this in my 11 months here. But I'm asking for a spirit of thanksgiving for what baptism means. I want us to lift our hands and lift our voices. Come on, everybody all over the house. We're going to begin. They're going to sing. We're going to pray. If you've never been baptized before, if you'd like to know more about it, if you've never been baptized, they're going to wait right here at the corners. If you come down to the front, they want to talk to you about the process of baptism. It's not just a routine. It's not just a tradition. But today is not just an appeal for baptism. It's for a spirit of thanksgiving to hit this house for what baptism means. Sing for us. Let's worship God together.